Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Real Ones, the podcast that features real opinions and discussions about movies, TV, and the entire list of 2020 movies that I saw. My name is Kieran Berg, and I'm back with you this week for another episode. So happy that you guys are here to join me along this uh, crazy journey of looking back at the movies that I saw in 2020. It's just me riding solo for this podcast and you know since we kind of relaunched real ones here and, and been doing the podcast I haven't really had to do a lot of solo podcasts actually I haven't done any solo podcast really whatsoever I've had Cody with me I've had Joe with me but uh, I'm doing this one solo and I don't know doing solo podcasts it's always quite weird um because it's just me in my office space here with a microphone and a computer um, talking to you guys. And usually I have Cody or Joe with me here and we're kind of having more of a conversation. But I don't know, it's a little bit more, I guess, like intimate in a way. It's just me and you, the listener, just kind of talking uh, about movies. But I used to do this a bunch um, back on the Comic Losers podcast feed when we did that. Um, it would just be me kind of a couple of times during the year doing solo podcasts. And so we're going back to it. We're going to try it again here. Um, the reason why I'm doing this one alone is because we did the top 10 list of the year um, earlier, a couple episodes ago. And you can check that out here on the podcast feed. Um, and I saw quite a bit of movies this year. I think I saw definitely more movies than the average person uh, in 2020. But I saw... A total of 67 movies this year. Um, there's still 2020 movies that I missed. 2020 movies that I did not get the opportunity to see because um, they haven't been released yet. And that's just a whole another discussion for another podcast. And, uh, you know, it's a big frustration of mine that there are 2020 movies still being released in January and February and even into March. Um, it's quite the annoyance for me. But... um. Yeah, so I'm here this this week, this podcast, to kind of go through my movies, the 67 movies that I saw. Now, I'm not entirely sure in this episode if I'm going to get through all 67. I might get like through 30 or so because 
some of these movies I didn't get the opportunity to talk about at all. So this is my opportunity to talk about the great movies I saw, the middle movies that I saw, the terrible movies I saw, some of my surprises, some of my disappointments. So this is my opportunity to talk about those. And I probably will not get another opportunity to talk about some of these movies, like talking about uh, like Sonic the Hedgehog. Like, will I ever get the opportunity to talk about that or talk about like Trolls World Tour? I'm not entirely sure I'll ever talk about those movies ever again. So this will be my opportunity to do so. Um, 2020 was wild. It was crazy. Um, it was, you know, a lot of people talk about not being able to see movies in the year. Um, I just don't frankly agree with that. I think movies were more accessible this year than ever before, um, for people. Cause there were times where you had a Netflix subscription and, you know, you could back catalog movies for seven days a week and sit down seven nights and watch a movie where a movie theater you're spending 20 bucks every single time to go see it you know and and so i felt like they were extremely accessible was it the best way to watch movies no i wouldn't say so i prefer sitting in a movie theater with a huge screen and uh, me and cody getting our bunch of crunch and our and our cokes and and just kind of enjoying the experience i i definitely missed that in 2020 but uh in 2021 doesn't seem like that's going to happen at all with the just massive amount of delays but um, we're going to kind of, yeah, we're just going to kind of get in the list. I'm going to talk about some of these longer than the other ones because I have more to say about them. But I, like I said, we'll see how long we go. If we, if we start getting over an hour here and I'm still at like number 35, I might just be like, okay, we're going to cut this into a two-parter, but all right, let's go ahead and get right into the list here. Um, Oh, before I do, make sure you guys are subscribed to the podcast. If you're enjoying the content that we've been putting out, I, I'm I'm more happy with the stuff that we're putting out now than I think I've ever been since um, I've been podcasting, which is going on uh, two years now. I, I, the stuff that we're putting out now, I think, is some of the best stuff that we've ever put out. Um, just it's a lot more tighter and, and better. I think um, I I don't know how people can podcast for like three hours or so, but. Yeah, make sure you guys are subscribed on on iTunes, on Spotify, on Amazon Music, on Stitcher, and all that stuff. We're there and, and rating the podcast and such. So make sure you're doing that. And the other thing about podcasting by myself is you're going to get kind of the full experience, right? Because when I'm with Cody or I'm with Joe and they're talking, I'm usually kind of kind of catching my breath or you know, coughing or, or taking a drink of water or something like that. So this is going to be the full experience. I might stop here for a second and grab a drink. I got a Mountain Dew Baja Blast beside me. Um, I don't have any water. It's weird. But let's go ahead and get into the list. And we're going to talk about the worst movie of the year that I saw. And to be honest with you, it's not even close. This movie comes in at number 67. It's a Disney Plus release. It was originally scheduled, of course, to go to theaters. That movie is Artemis Fowl. Artemis Fowl is an extremely bad movie all the way through, directed by Kenneth Branagh, who I just... The man has ups and downs. He has been in some of my... He, he was in a movie in 2020 that I absolutely adored and loved more than most. He has directed some of the most garbage movies I've ever seen, like the Thor movies, for instance. He directed Cinderella, which was really good. 
he uh, was in Death on no, he's not. He's going to be on Death in the Nile in twenty twenty one if that movie releases. But he was in Murder on the Orient Express, which was one of the most biggest snooze movies I've ever seen. This movie just nonsensical. Doesn't make sense. Poorly acted. I mean, you have actors like Colin Farrell, who I love. I love Colin Farrell. I think he's great. Josh Gad. Um, some people like him. He's not my, really my cup of tea. Um, I think he's just like nonsensical at times. But Judy Dench is in this movie. <laughs> Somebody needs to like, like Judy Dench and pull her aside and just say, who the fuck is picking your movies out? Like ever since you've been killed off Bond, your movies are shit. You're in Cats. You're in this movie. You're probably – she's been in the two – Worst movies of the year that I've seen the last two years in a row. Cats being my 2019 worst movie. And Artemis Fowl being my worst movie of 2020. Judy Dench. Iconic. Freddie, uh, I'm looking at the name here. Uh, Freddie Shaw plays Artemis Fowl. Um, you know, nobody wants to be that guy who's like, yeah, this kid actor, not good at acting. Um, and I don't want to be that guy either, but... He uh, he wasn't good in the movie, guys. Um, the movie just just seems like it was rushed. It's incomplete. The script is terrible. I've never read the books, but Artemis Fowl is just a horrendous movie. Horrendous. Not, you know, there's a difference between movies that, for me, I think a kid would enjoy. I don't even think a kid would enjoy this. I There were movies that came out this year, like Trolls World Tour, the Croods, too, who, people who I knew play those movies multiple times um, for their kids onward. And nobody I talked to said, hey, I put on <laughs> Artemis Fowl for the kids. I think the only people who watched Artemis Fowl were people like me. So that's my number 67 movie. We're going to move into number 66. That's usually the number that comes before 67. 66 is a movie that comes from uh, Netflix. It is just terrible. It is 365 days. This movie is just like pure, like it's 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 like basically like one step above porn. Um, I watched a movie on Netflix this year that was, uh, it's not a 2020 release, hence why it's on the list, but uh, somebody kind of... Uh, advised me to watch it and told me it wasn't good but i checked it out it was called love <laughs> and that thing is just pure porn that's just like porn on netflix uh and it's bad very bad movie don't watch that movie like seriously do not watch that movie 365 days is basically like one step above that and i know people watched it and they were like man this movie is sexy this movie is incredible um no this movie is actually like really bad um and it's like a script that just is like, hey, how do we get from one sex scene, sex scene to another? Like the stuff that is in the middle of that doesn't fucking matter. We're not going to even like focus at all on character development. We're not going to focus on a plot. There's like this like uh, kidnapping kind of dynamic that's going on where – the person falls in love with her kidnapper. I'm blanking on what the um, thing is that people say that is. Uh, but nevertheless, the movie is bad. 
it's just if you want to watch a compilation of sex scenes from this movie, just go to Pornhub and type in 365 days and you can watch those instead of this because that's all this that movie care, this movie cares about at all. Um, and a movie like that tends to grab the narrative like Fifty Shades of Grey. The series is terrible. All those movies are bad, but it captured the kind of the culture, the, the 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 hype of things for at least a week. I feel like people were talking about this movie, 365 Days, for like a day. It trended for like a day, and that was it. Nobody cared after that. That should show you how bad this movie is. Um, coming in at 65 is a movie that released in theaters. I didn't check it out in theaters. I saw it on streaming um, when the pandemic hit. I was sitting around bored, and I was like, you know what? watch a movie i'm gonna watch a horror movie a horror movie that i'm sure i'm thinking gonna think is garbage but one of the originals in 2004 i liked so hey maybe it'll surprise me it didn't it's bad it's the grudge the grudge (laughs) um really bad movie um just you know the worst thing about a horror movie is a horror movie that's not scary and what's even worse is a horror movie that isn't scary or entertaining whatsoever. That's what The Grudge is. The Grudge is boring. It's slow. There's no entertaining. The jump scares, you can see a mile away. The music gives it away. They sit too long on scenes to where you're just like, okay, like I know that something's going to jump out at me. Um John Cho, who I love, is in this movie, and I'm like, what? He, he has some of the most boring dialogue, the most boring side plot I've ever seen in a horror movie. I mean, The Grudge fucking sucks. And part of this movie is I don't even remember some of it. Like, I actively cannot remember certain parts. I remember some of the worst CG I've ever seen with like this lady with a broken arm. It is horrible and it's like a snooze fest so i really don't have much to say about the grudge coming in at number 64 is a movie that went to streaming a director who was trying to prove himself bring back what he lost in 2015 as one of the high up-and-coming directors was supposed to direct a star wars movie a boba fett movie the movie is Capone, and it's directed by Josh Trank, who don't talk to me anymore about Josh Trank being a <laughs> amazing director. Uh, the guy he, he doesn't he lost his he lost his chance. It was taken from him by the studio. If his vision was believed in Fantastic Four or Fan Four Stick, would have been great. I saw everything I needed to see from Josh Trank's vision from Capone. The movie has Tom Hardy in it. I love Tom Hardy. I've done a podcast about Tom Hardy's career before. He's great in a lot of movies. Linda Cardellini, she's amazing. Matt Dillon, great. Like I'm, The cast is awesome. But the movie is fucking stupid. So stupid. It is Tom Hardy in about... No less than 30 pounds of makeup. No less than 30 pounds of makeup. Sweating and just like a cigar in his mouth. Just 
not even talking in coherent coherent sentences at all. Like the words don't even make sense. They don't even sound like words. Just him grunting all the time. Tom Hardy most memorable scene is shitting himself in a bed and Linda Cardellini having to clean it up. That's what this movie is about. It is horrendous. It is, you know, Joe comes on this podcast a lot and me and Cody give him a lot of shit because he will defend a bad movie and he'll tell us a bad movie is a good movie. Joe told me this movie was shit. And when Joe tells me a movie is shit, I'm like, yeah, you're right. You're probably right. This movie is extremely bad. So, yeah. Capone. Just, I mean, and like, like they're, they're trying to make it like the sympathetic like thing with his son. And just like, you know, there's police outside. And you don't know if the, he's imagining shit. And he goes on these like imagination tears where he's just like shooting guns. And he's killing people. And you're like, and then he snaps back. And it is just nonsensical. And... I remember Josh Trank saying a quote that he made the movie that he wanted to make. Fuck, somebody else should have made that movie for you, man. Like, I'm telling you right now, because Capone is, is garbage. Moving on to number 63. Man, we're already like 17, 16 minutes into this podcast. I'm only at number 63. This is bad. This looks like it's going to be a, a two-parter. Number 63 is Doolittle. Uh, this is Robert Downey Jr. kind of going for his next big role post Iron Man, post MCU with a just massive cast, like just reading down the cast, like Robert, Robert Downey Jr. Of course, Antonio Banderas, Michael Sheen, Jesse Buckley, uh, Emma Thompson, Rami Malek, John Cena, Kumail Nanjiani, Olivia Spencer, Tom Holland, Craig Robinson, uh, Selena Gomez. And it just goes on and on and on. Right. <sighs> Do little. This movie sucks. And I look, there was a lot of problems behind the scenes. I know that they kind of changed directors. The BFX crew basically talked about how like things had to be re-digitalized because the vision was just terrible. And Robert Downey Jr., like he's not even like good in this movie either. And he has like this weird accent that doesn't make sense. Like, you know, we must embark on this perilous journey. What accent is that? Welsh? That's not Welsh. English? That's not English. What are you talking about? Um, follows these, like, I believe, two kids, and they're like, you know, they're trying to help Dr. Doolittle, and he's trying to, you know, to be honest with you, I, I really cannot actually tell you why this movie matters. There's a part where Dr. Doolittle gets, like, a bagpipe out of a dragon's asshole, and, like, it farts in his face. And I'm just like, oh, man, this is tough. Like, this is tough. The The movie's not funny. It's not interesting. It's not sentimental. Um, it is just a really boring adventure movie. Very boring. And, and not funny, really, at all. Coming in. At number 62 is another Netflix movie. Uh, Netflix, they, they had some amazing movies this year, but boy, did they have some fucking stinkers. Number 62 is The Wrong Missy. Um, yeah, David Spade. Uh, just, I'm not the biggest David Spade guy. I ever have been. Never really kind of thought he was funny. Um, I think Tommy Boy is carried, of course, by Chris Farley. Um, 
but David Spade, whatever. Uh, this comes from uh, Adam Sandler's company, Happy Madison. Uh, Lauren Lepkus is in this movie. I think she's great, like a great actress, but she uh, she plays one of the worst characters I saw this entire year. Uh, she plays Missy. This movie is like this dude meets this hot girl, Melissa, in an airport. They hook up, but they don't have time to like actually fuck, so he gets her number. Um, but he mixes it up with another girl named Melissa, whose actually name is Missy, um, that he went on a blind date earlier with that was horrible, and then he's supposed to invite one of them on a vacation, but he invites the wrong Missy. So... <sighs> The movie's not funny, and it, it takes this, like, dramatic shift, right? Halfway through, like, the first half of the movie, David Spade's character, Tim, I believe is his name, hates Missy, Lauren Lepkiss' character, Missy. Then it's, like, halfway through the movie, the Missy character just flips. Like, he hates her because she's just loud, obnoxious, screaming, inappropriate person. And then he, she flips a switch, and she becomes, like, the perfect girlfriend out of nowhere and you're like where did this come from so yeah and then he starts to fall in love with her and it just doesn't make sense like the transition from shitty person Lord Lepkiss to like really great girlfriend doesn't make any sense and the movie's not funny like the parts that are supposed to be screaming into the camera and make you laugh it just makes you cringe um she plays this like alter ego character called like like health star or some shit where she turns her eyelids inside out and starts screaming like just ugh, gross the wrong missy bad movie next movie just a nothing movie this one number 61 comes from peterberg netflix movie another one spencer confidential which is just another mark Wahlberg. i'm a cop but i think he gets like released from prison he's like a prisoner he's a cop who went to prison gets released and tries to be a cop again. Um, this is just a nothing movie. Like, as as my friend Ryan Snelling would say, a nothing movie. This is a movie that you watch and then like two weeks later somebody's like, hey, have you seen Spencer Confidential? And you're like, yeah, I have. And they're like, oh yeah, like what's it about? I, I'm interested in watching it. And you're like, I, I honestly can't tell you. And I watched this movie and to be honest with you, I cannot tell you what goes on in this movie my friend cody who's been obviously on the podcast he'll tell me he said you know a great movie is great a move great a good movie awesome a bad movie not necessarily the worst thing in the world but a forgettable one might be the worst thing if you have scenes where i can't even remember them existing that's a problem spencer confidential is a movie where i can't remember shit from it Moving on. Number 60, another Netflix movie. Wow, they're on a tear right now. I can't wait for us to get on the other side of this where we're in the top 10. I say like five Netflix movies make my top 10. I'm going to get a drink real quick. Number 60 is Rebecca. Um, this is another movie where it's just like, what the fuck is going on? Uh, Lily James. I'm a huge Lily James fan. I think she's in a lot of great movies. I'm looking forward to her, and she's probably, like, one of the best, like, young actresses we have in the game, honestly. Um, you know, like, I'm a big Baby Driver fan. 
Sorry to Bother You, like Mamma Mia, all those are really good, decent movies. Darkest Hour, people love that movie. Um, Rebecca is just another movie that's just forgettable, and, you know, it has Army Hammer in it, and, you know, he, <laughs> that man has a lot going on in his life, I'll tell you that. Army Hammer has a lot going on. Um, I'm not even entirely sure those are all uh, real things that are going on with him, but he... he Man, Army Hammer. One day I just need to like, I just need to do a deep dive into it. But this movie tries to be romantic. It tries to be, you know, kind of like this suspense movie, and it just doesn't work. It's not really like the chemistry. It's not really there. It's not really interesting. It's not really fun. Um, It's just kind of like a forgettable movie. I really don't have much to say about Rebecca. Going on to number fifty nine was a movie that I saw in theaters in the summertime during the pandemic. I went to the movie theater. Me and Joe, we went to go see this movie. Is the New Mutants the cap off to the X Men universe? Josh Boone directing. He fought to make his version of the movie, and I am so happy he did. That that motherfucker Simon Kinsberg did not get his hands on this movie. That dude, fuck that guy. Him and Brian Singer, it's just well, Brian Singer's a shithead for a completely different reason. Simon Simon Kinsberg just makes bad movies, in my opinion. Um, mainly bad movies. This movie just haunted, like haunted by, you know, just stops in production, uh, restarts in production, delays, uh, thoughts of reshoots. I mean, this movie was supposed to come out in 2018. The movie was filmed, I believe, in 2017, so like 2016, 2017, releases in 2020. Um, just boring. Like, how do you make an X-Men movie in 2020 or whatever year you actually did make the movie and you make it boring? A X-Men movie that's supposed to be, like, terrifying, right? Remember this movie was supposed to be, like, an X-Men universe that takes place in a, a horror movie. No, this movie is fucking boring. It is maybe maybe the only movie this year I saw where I actually dozed off in a movie theater. I don't know if people, like, in this genre in the film sphere talk about um you know falling asleep in movies maybe that's bad juju but i did i fell asleep i dozed off for like probably like five minutes in this movie maybe 10 the movie's not cool it's just not cool and i don't know how that happens when you have macy williams in the movie and you have like anya taylor joy who shout out to her in the queen's gambit like up and comer i love anya taylor joy Charlie Heaton, like from Stranger Things, like come on. Movie's boring. It's a really boring movie, and they they try to make like big, you know, statements in the movie with two lesbian characters that just doesn't really make sense. The only cool thing in this movie is for about five minutes, Anya Taylor Joy has a sword, like some sort of light up sword. And just like fights a big bear. And that's it. That's honestly it. The movie's bad. Bad, bad movie. New Mutants. New Mutants is just like one of those things. And it's like, it's sad because it's it's the end cap off to the Fox X-Men movies. Which for a lot of people, and to an extent myself, mean a lot. I love First Class. I love X2, X1, Deadpool. Days of Future Past, Logan, 
but there's a lot of bad movies in there. Dark Phoenix, New Mutants, X3, X-Men Origins, Wolverine. Uh, the Wolverine kind of just sits in the middle somewhere, but uh, Apocalypse is a bad movie. But it's sad because a lot of those movies mean a lot to people. Coming in at number 58 is The Tax Collector. This is a movie that I did not necessarily think was going to be good, but I thought there would be at least scenes that were cool. This is Shia LaBeouf, uh, big canceled in 2020 and 2021, unfortunately for him. Well, not unfortunately for him because he actually did bullshit. Um, Bobby Soto is in this movie. George Lopez is in this movie, which is just insane to me. But this comes from David Ayer, who, I don't know, David Ayer is just like one of those guys where, you know, people kind of don't know how to feel about him. Obviously, he did Suicide Squad that was not um, very good at all. But like, you know, it was a movie that was basically destroyed by the studio. Um, but he's done movies that I actually like. I like Fury. I think Fury's a good movie. End of Watch, really good movie. Um, Bright is kind of so-so, whatever, but I thought this would be cool at least, right? I didn't think it was going to be an amazing movie by any stretch, but I thought it would at least be cool. It's not. Um, it tries to take itself a little bit too self-serious. Shia LaBeouf's character is probably the coolest guy in the movie, and I think he's in it for like... Uh, not even that much. And spoiler alert for the movie, he gets killed off, like, kind of basically off screen. Um, disappointed. Disappointed. I kind of just wanted it to be, like, a trash crime movie. Kind of like something like Den of Thebes is. Which, uh, not necessarily a good movie either, but at least it's fun to watch. Uh, but this movie is just, just boring. Boring movie. Coming in at number 57 is The Witches. Uh, this is a HBO Max release from Robert Zemeckis. I mean, a all-time iconic director. All-time. Forrest Gump. Back to the Future. Back to the Future 2 and 3. Castaway. He does this movie? From a Ronald Dahl book? The stars and oh, and look, movie stars and Hathaway. We got we we some, somebody's got to call Anne Hathaway to the carpet, call her to a intervention, because she makes fucking horrible movies, horrible movies now. I mean, this is a woman who made you know the Princess Diaries, a cult classic. She was in Brokeback Mountain, right? She's in, like, Devil Wears Prada. People love the Devil Wears Prada, right? I don't understand why she makes bad movies now. And not even She's just in bad movies. She's in movies like Serenity, right? I mean, she was in Les Mis. She was in Interstellar. Those are awesome movies. The Dark Knight Rises, which isn't a very... Great movie, but at least it's fun. But she's in, like, The Hustle, which is terrible. Uh, Serenity, which is terrible. Um, she's in this movie. She's in a movie 
coming out this year that I've already seen called Lockdown, which is just horrible, horrible movie. She's in really, really bad movies now. And I don't really understand how this is. She is she's an amazing actress. But she picks shit movies. One Day, which I watched this year for the first time. Not necessarily the best movie in the world, but at least it's like an inspired performance behind a script that's trying to be inspiring. She's in The Witches this year, which is also with Octavia Spencer, who's great as well. Stanley Tucci? I love Stanley Tucci. The Tucci, man, this, there might be not a bigger podcast that's a fan of Stanley Tucci than this movie. Um, The Witches, it is just like, it's just like an unappealing movie to look at. Like, it is not fun. It is two kids get turned into rats. Um, and then these witches are trying to like eat children. They look horrendous. I mean, uh, like Anne Hathaway had to like apologize for, because this is supposed to be a kids movie, but the witches look terrifying to children. I don't even think they look good. It's Anne Hathaway. I guess she's having fun. Fuck it. She's having fun. Um... It's just like not an interesting movie at all. It takes place in like this hotel and it's just like, you know, ugh. And it's like, it's just like the the kind of what the movie's trying to be is it's trying to be like two different tones where it's like a terrifying movie at the same time as a kid's movie. And it just doesn't, I don't know. I just, you know, I don't know what to say about The Witches. It is just, just poor movie. Coming in at number, uh, what are we at now? 62, we're at 56 now. Wow, 56. Um, yeah, uh, Trolls World Tour. This was one of the first movies that I saw on streaming. And big controversy, right? Universal, they're skipping the theater experience. AMC gets pissed off, and now they're all friends again. Whatever. Trolls World Tour. Um, let's see. I, what do I say about this? I'm not the biggest Trolls fan, obviously. I think the movie is just like, just go ahead, and this movie essentially is a headache serum that is just a needle stuck in my brain and in, injected into my head because... This movie is just a slapstick of fucking colors, of fucking glitter and shit, and just fluffy shit all on a screen. It looks awful. It looks like vomit. Um, it's, it's just it's a bunch of pop songs as well that just, just, like, what is this? Like, I just have a headache after watching this movie. <laughs> not even an enjoyable experience at all after you have watched this. You don't even feel good. And at least the first one had a catchy, uh, you know, mo- song by Justin Timberlake. Was it, I got the feeling to, to some song like that? This movie doesn't even have that. This movie, I can't even tell you what the, the main song of the movie is. It's just, whew, just really kind of, forgettable um just this is like a just a painful movie painful movie um yeah tough okay number 55 netflix movie 
Lost Girls. I'm not going to talk much about this movie. This movie is boring as shit. This movie, I mean, this was a movie where I was watching it, and I just got up and did shit, like, around the house while it was going on. So I'm not spending a lot of time. Actually, I'm not spending any more time on Lost Girls. Boring. 54. Crazy that this movie is at 54, right? People thought this movie was going to be big Oscar contention. The two female leads were going to be nominated for Academy Awards. They never won an Academy Award. I'm going to take a drink now. Hillbilly Elegy. Netflix, you know. I'm not the biggest Amy Adams fan in the world. Going mm, close. I can take it or leave it. Hillbilly Elegy is a movie that is takes place in Ohio, but also Kentucky. And in the Appalachian Mountains area. I'm from Kentucky. Know the Appalachian. 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 You say it. I say it. Tomato, tomato. I know a lot of amazing people there. This movie paints those people out to be fucks. Like they are worthless. And that only one person could make it out of there. And Hillbilly Elegy, the book, say whatever you want about it. The movie, the book had some bite to it. The movie had some, the book had some bite to it. I think it released in 2016. It was used as this text that was going to help the country understand how rural southern parts of the country could vote for Donald Trump and Republican values, conservative values, whatever that means to you. This, and the movie doesn't even have any of that in it. It's just like the teeth of the book is taken out. In this movie. And it's just a guy who looks back at his childhood and how his mom was shitty to him and his grandma was decent. And it's just not interesting. The story is not interesting enough. And Ron Howard is directing this movie. Love Ron Howard. The man has made some of my favorite movies ever. Apollo 13. What the fuck? He's made, you know, a beautiful mind. People love Da Vinci Code for some reason. The Grinch, shit like that. Hibbley Elegy is just like, it's offensive without having teeth to it. And I don't even know how that's possible. But neither one of them should be nominated. If they get nominated for Best Actress or Best Supporting Actress, I'm just going to throw my hands up in the world. You know how we talked about calling Anne Hathaway to the carpet? Because she makes shit movies. Our number 53 movie, we're going to do the same. Breaks my heart to do it, because I love this this actress. Number 53 is Ava. Um, I didn't check this movie out until it went to Netflix. This movie stars Jessica Chastain. And uh, <sighs> Jessica Chastain is another person who just, like perplexes me with the movies that she selects zero dark 30 whatever you want to say about that movie it is a fun not fun it is at least interesting throughout the whole way it makes her look cool uh interstellar i think she's great she's the like kind of the emotional chess piece to that movie molly's game is is good uh, I had no problem with Molly's game. 
But she's done some shit movies, man. Like, It Chapter 2, I don't blame her for taking that role. I don't think that movie is very good either. But, you know, it is what it is. Dark Phoenix was one of the worst movies I saw in 2019. This movie is not very interesting either at all. Um, she's not as bad, I think, as uh, Anne Hathaway. But, like, why the fuck is Jessica Chastain doing action movies? This is a woman who should be doing, you know, two movies a year. And she should be in contention every single year for Best Actress. Because she has that talent. She has a level of ability to be nominated every single year for Best Actress. And she picks movies like this with, like, Common in it. I mean, he's a solid actor, I guess, for a rapper. Colin Farrell, another guy in this movie. Man, Colin Colin Farrell was in some bad movies this year. John Malkovich, love John Malkovich. Ah. Movie perplexes me because it's just... It's a spy thriller action movie with no teeth to it as well. Like, just just an uninteresting movie, really, in, in every type of way. Number 52. Another Netflix movie. I'm telling you, Netflix fucking made some bad movies or bought some bad movies this year. Because number 52 is The Prom. The Prom, uh, just, let me tell you this. Any movie that stars James Corden in its lead role or second lead role will never, ever make it in the top half of my movies. Never. The man is an unbearable actor. As a TV host, he might be fine, right? He's in Trolls. Bad movie. Emoji movie. One of the worst movies of the last 10 years. Ocean's 8, he's the worst part in the movie. The worst part of the movie. Cats, do I even need to say anything else? Um, Meryl Streep. Man, Meryl Streep, another one, man. Like, just an iconic actress that just has been, like, kind of taking a little bit of some bad movies this year. Not nearly as bad as those other two, but, I mean, you know. Like, The Post, which wasn't a very interesting movie at all. This movie, she does, like, you know... I just don't think she's picking the best movies. You know, let them all talk. I didn't see that movie, but, you know, some people had good things to say about it. Some people had bad things to do to say about it. But she's an iconic, iconic actress. I don't understand why she does this movie. Nicole Kidman, at least I thought she was the best part of the movie. You know, eh. look, this comes from Ryan Murphy, right? He he creates Glee. Um scream queens stuff like that you know he makes interesting shows that you know american horror story as well that have interesting opens to them but he doesn't know how to maintain that momentum and i think this movie does that in a, in part two like this movie kind of interesting in the beginning right this this high school will not will not allow a gay student to come to their prom. Here come these celebrities, these Broadway actors who are kind of willing to help, but for their own selfish reasons to improve their the way people look at them. Uh, interesting. We get about halfway through the movie and it's just boring because they're introducing 
side plot, side plot, side plot, side plot, side plot. They just don't matter. Not every character needs a side plot, especially James Corden character. This movie is just like, hey, Glee, remember that show? It worked, right? It was a really good show. People like it. There's parts of Glee that I like, I've seen. We're going to just put that on the big screen. Except we're going to make the characters way less interesting. Way less interesting. That's the problem. That is the problem. Ryan Murphy, stick to TV shows and do like two seasons. They just Somebody needs to give Ryan Murphy a miniseries. Like, not like Chernobyl, right? Might be a little too serious for Ryan Murphy. But give him like just a fun show that's like six episodes long. Maybe he'll do a good job. 51, another boring movie. How is this a boring movie? How? Netflix. Director and starred by George Clooney. It's The Midnight Sky. Um, they need to make stop making movies where George Clooney is not handsome. <laughs> he's just like an old man with a big beard in this. And you're just kind of like, what's the point of having George Clooney, right? If he's not going to look good. George Clooney's like, an, he's a movie star. Not a great actor. He's a movie star. He has charisma. He has looks. He has a presence on screen. This movie has none of that. There's no charisma with his character. There's no good looks with him. There's no presence. He's just an old, downtrodden old man um, in this movie. And, you know, there's some cool action scenes in here, I guess. But at the same time, it's just, like I said, it's George Clooney, I'm readjusting my mic here, who is just not very interesting in the movie. We need we need George Clooney from, like, Ocean's Eleven, not Midnight Sky. Number 50, a movie that at one point was canceled, was not supposed to come out. Then they said, fuck it, we're putting it out, and that's The Hunt. Um, I look, I thought this had a cool kind of element to it. I'm a Hillary Swank fan. She needs to be in more movies in my opinion, but, uh, I don't know the, the hunt, decent concept, decent concept, just not really the kind of execution that you want in a movie like this. It, it's interesting in parts like, it's not Midnight Sky, Lost Girls, or Rebecca, where it's like unforgettable. You remember things from the hunt, but uh, it, it's just not as interesting. Well, not as interesting. It's just not as well put together. Um, what was that movie last year that came out? Um, uh, let me look this up. It was the one where the girl got married. And she basically, like, was it, like, hide-and-seek or something like that? Let's see here. We're going to look that up. Because I felt like this movie was trying to be like that. Ready or not. I felt like this movie was trying to be like that. It level of interesting just doesn't succeed as well. Moving on number 49 is To All the Boys I Loved. Wait, no, sorry. Let me make sure I get the name right. To all the boys, P.S. I still love you. Terrible name. One of the worst names of the year. Like, why wasn't it called two, letter T-W-O, all the boys I love? And just leave it as that. 
not P.S. I still love you, right? Uh, Lana Condor is in this movie. Noah Centineo became <laughs> this dude is like a heartthrob, right? Jordan Fisher, the guy who plays Among Us now, <laughs> he does Twitch streams where he does uh, Among Us videos. Um, I enjoyed the first movie to all the loves to all the boys I loved before. Um, this movie is just like it's like hey, it's like it feels like a very big like sophomore slump movie where we're gonna go for bigger ideas, right? We can't do the same thing, so we have to introduce a new type of um, you know, love. Love character for the the main actress, um, and and it's just like not interesting because and like this is the problem I have with like, you know, secondary rom coms, right? Where it's like, just know where your bread and butter is. Your bread and butter is with the two main characters, Lana Condor and Noah Centineo. We're invested into that couple. We don't need another love interest introduced and taking time away from those characters either growing or coming apart or something like that we don't need this jordan fisher and i like jordan fisher he's fine like i said in among us videos on youtube it's just the, that taken away from main character so like I, I i watched a couple of nights ago um uh before midnight right the richard linklater series with ethan hawk and julie Deppy. um the first two movies are are just fantastic all time great. I mean, the whole trilogy is fantastic. And I think Before Midnight is a is a great movie as well. Like they're all like ninety plus level movies. But the one part of uh, of Before Midnight that I don't like is the part where it's like they're all sitting at a, at a dinner table and they're all just kind of like conversating with these like random people who we've never met before. And I'm kind of like, why are why are we talking to these people? Why, why? like? We care about Jesse and Celine. That's the same thing with this movie. Is we care about um, what's the what's the characters' names? Uh, fucking Laura Jean and, and Peter. We don't give a shit about John Ambrose McLaren. We just don't. So that's my my problem with this. And it also introduces like this friend who like was her best friend and not her best friend. It's just silly. Okay, we're getting close to an hour here. We're not making it all the way through here. Uh, we're at 49. Hopefully we can make it to 40. Number 48. A movie that actually kind of surprised me. I thought it was going to be dog shit. Uh, it was Call of the Wild. Harrison Ford and his CGI dog. Um, the CGI dog in parts looks terrible. Um, I don't blame them for it. Um, for doing CGI dog, but they did it. I think the... The story is at least interesting. Um, I think there are like emotional pulls to the movie. It's just like the worst parts are sometimes the CGI dog. So I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this. Um, you know, I, I think there's inspirational moments. There's happy moments in this movie. There's sad movie moments in this movie. And sometimes with movies, that's, uh, that's all you need. Drink break. Number... 46, sorry, 47, skip one, 47. Miss Americana, which is the Taylor Swift Netflix documentary. Um, look, I like Taylor Swift. I think she's a, a good singer. I think she's a great country singer. I think she's a very good pop singer. 
Um, and when this movie when this movie was coming out, I was like, okay, this is going to be a super controlled uh, Taylor Swift project, just like how everything that she puts out is. I would say that ninety percent of this movie is a Taylor Swift <laughs> controlled project, where it's just like, hey, let's put Taylor Swift in the best light as possible. I felt like that was what the idea of her whole twenty twenty was, because uh, she's been dragged through the whole Kanye West, Kim Kardashian ordeal that kind of happened. She released two surprise albums, Evermore and Folklore, this year. This movie comes out. It paints her as, um, you know, just a run-of-the-mill, everybody's-the-same type of pop star, which she's not, but the movie the movie wants you to think that she is. And um, it's a little bit more real than I thought it was, but it just feels like everything was kind of, like, controlled. Number 46, uh, another movie I thought was going to be uh, dog shit as well. We're, we're kind of getting to this part of the movie, the part of the list where it's like, I thought these movies were going to be dog shit, and they turn out to be kind of fine. And that's, uh, number 46 is going to be Eurovision Song Contest, the fire, the story of Fire Saga. This is Will Ferrell, uh, another Netflix movie with, uh, <laughs> I looked at the director's name, I thought it was David Dobrik, it's David Dobkin, but I was like, David Dobrik, why is he making fucking movies? And why why is that Will Ferrell in it? Will Ferrell, Rachel McAdams, Pierce Brosnan is in this movie. Um, the ones that you know. Okay. Eurovision. Didn't know much about Eurovision. Didn't really care about Eurovision, like the actual like contest. But, you know, Will Ferrell's made some really bad movies as of late as well. He made that one with Louis uh, Dreyf, Dreyfus, whatever. I don't know. Julia Louis Dreyfus. Why could I struggle on that one? Um, it was bad. But this movie is okay. It's fine. It's It has catchy songs in it. I will say that. Some catchy songs that I've actually listened to outside of the movie. It has funny parts in it as well. This is just like a perplexing movie for Rachel McAdams because I don't think she's like this crude humor type of actress. Um, that's another actress who I think could be winning like multiple Academy Awards. Uh, she went on one of the hottest streaks in, in big blockbuster movie history with... Movies like The Notebook, Mean Girls, and uh, Wedding Crashers. But she's doing this movie. She's fine. She's good, too. I think she's actually a little bit... She's probably the best part of the movie, to be honest with you. But um, just this uh, love story that kind of comes about where one of the characters never looked at the other character that way. The other character always loved the other one. I don't know. It, it's good. It's a good movie. It's fun. Whew. This next one, this might be my most controversial take. Of the entire podcast. <sighs> this hurt breaks my heart because I, I love the director. Love the director. I love the main I love the two main actors in it. But I think because it has this director, because it has this actor, because it has this actress, people put it way too high on their list. Netflix movie. I'm thinking of ending things. I'm gonna give you a second to realize that I put I'm thinking of ending things in the 40s of my list. I'll give you a second. Okay. Charlie Kaufman directs this movie. Love Charlie Kaufman. The man has done some of my favorite movies. He was a writer for a movie that probably is in my top 20 movies of all time. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. A writer for 
one of my favorite movies that might be a top 50 movie for me being John Malkovich. He directs uh, the, uh, what's it called? Syndicate, New York, uh, which is one of the best movies of the last 30 years. He directed that movie. So I was excited that he had a movie coming out on Netflix. This And, and the movie stars Jesse Buckley, one of the best young actresses in, ever. Not ever, sorry. Whoa, what the fuck? One of the best actors we have now. Jesse Plemons is in it. I love Tony Collette. She's in the movie. But this is a movie that people think is so good and is so deep. It's not. It's, it's just convoluted. People got mad at Tenet because it didn't make sense. This movie doesn't make sense. It doesn't even give you an idea of things. Charlie Kaufman does twists in his movies. And, I, and I'm totally behind that. Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind, great twist. But it was a twist that was thought out. It was led breadcrumbs along the way. This movie doesn't do any of that. It's hard to understand. It's pretentious. It thinks it's smarter than it actually is. And I hate those type of movies. You talked about Mother a couple of years ago. Remember that one with Jennifer Lawrence? And I think that's one of the most pretentious and just st- stupid movies ever movie thinks it's like high class cinema it's not fuck this movie but like it, it has like beautiful cinematography in it and has like what I would say are actors who are giving really great performances but what hurts me is the writing's bad the direction is bad in my opinion and like you're gonna hear this this year they're gonna have this movie in its top 10 but I think if you're like a and like look you might think it's top 10 but I think people who have this movie in their top 10 it means that, like, you know, they, they see these as, like, high-class cinema. Um, this isn't to me. You know, I can watch high-class cinema and enjoy it, right? Uh, Parasite last year, high-class cinema movie, in my opinion. Jojo Rabbit, stuff like that. Movies that aren't just, like, fucking, like, Spencer Confidential. But this movie takes itself too seriously, man. Number 44, man, I might be like in trouble for putting number 44, this movie ahead of, uh, I'm thinking of any things, but Lovebirds. Kumail Nanjiani, Issa Rae. I love Issa Rae. I think Issa Rae is, is great. Kumail, I can kind of take him or leave him. Issa Rae is great. She is actively like a great actress. Um, This movie, it's just fun. It, it, like I think it's fun. It's not the funniest movie in the world. It's not the most interesting movie in the world, but I think it's two people having a fun time kind of maybe a little overly wacky um a little dark in certain parts for but it has like it has great one-liners in it i I thought it was fun uh we're getting close to an hour so i'm trying to get to at least through number 40 43 is the netflix ariana grande excuse me i love you documentary a lot in the ways like miss americana i thought this movie was just a little bit better because it felt like a little bit more real um, people aren't kind of hiding the way that they talk or the, the way they talk about certain people. And maybe it's because I'm a little bit more of an Ariana Grande fan than I'm a Taylor Swift fan. But, you know, it's people just saying fuck and shit and bullshit and, you know, bitch and all this, these words and stuff. And I just felt like it wasn't as corporate uh, led as the other ones were. 
it's it's basically a concert movie, but um, you know, it's it's interesting at least. Number forty two was a movie I was convinced when twenty twenty started that was going to be a bottom tier movie. We saw the trailers in twenty nineteen. Got pushed back, pushed back again, pushed back, pushed back, pushed back. Comes out uh, in streaming. Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, we know what happened with this movie. Trailers came out. People hated the look. They went back. They redid the look. It looks better. Jim Carrey's good in this. Uh, just you know, uh, you know, it's it's Jim Carrey doing a Jim Carrey gimmick as Doctor Robotnik. Um, you got James Marsden in this, and and just you know, James Marsden, like. I like James Marsden, and I think every movie that he does, he's one of the biggest cucked characters. You know, he does cucked characters: Cyclops, the guy from the Notebook, uh, Superman. Uh, what was the Superman movie called? Superman Returns, right? Um, but he, you know, he doesn't actually get cucked in this movie. It'd be weird if Sonic like cucked his girl in this one, but uh, and like Tiki Sumter is in this movie, and I think she's. I think she needs to get like, you know, a lot more better roles than she gets. But uh, you know, it, it's fun. It's a fun movie. I kind of I was entertained the whole way through, which with a Sonic movie is what you kind of want. You're not looking for Sonic to be a hot, top ten movie, but it's it's actually like a decent video game movie where video game movies have a history of being trash. Uh, this one is uh, decent enough. Um. Yeah, and I think with a, like I said, with a movie like this, you just want to be entertained for, you know, hour thirty, hour forty five, and uh, that's what this movie does. Um, coming in at number forty one, talk about a guy who I think was considered just to make bad movies, and he can't make a little bit of a comeback in twenty nineteen, and he kind of continued it a little bit with this movie. I don't think it's as good, not nearly as good as this movie. So the movie is Hubie Halloween. Um, Adam Sandler, like I said, we were all in the outs of Adam Sandler. We were all, I don't care who you are. Two years ago, you were selling your Adam Sandler stock. You were selling that shit like crazy because the man made some fucking horrible movies. Murder mystery, just stupid fucking movie. Um, Pixels, Grown Ups, Grown Ups 1 and 2 by that means. Uh, fucking Jack and Jill, you know, uh, the Zohan movie, Chuck and Larry, Blended, all this shit. We had sold our Adam Sandler stock. And then here he comes again, making Uncut Gems. We love Uncut Gems. Top 10 movie for me in 2019. Now, does Hubie Halloween? Different movie, right? Uncut Gems is a thriller. This is a comedy. Comes out around Halloween. Movie's entertaining. It's entertaining. I laughed at certain parts. I think his character is pretty fucking stupid. Not as good as Billy Madison. Not as good as Happy Gilmore. But it's fine. Introduces a Sandler verse, right? Ben Stiller makes a comeback in his movie as his character from Happy Gilmore. Um, I'm trying to see what if I can see. Uh, uh, How. That was the guy's name. Ben Stiller's character. You know, I... 
It's funny. It's funny. Kevin James is in this movie. He's not nearly as like unlikable as he is in most movie. Um, Julie Bowen is is pretty amazing in this movie as well. Uh, Ray Liotta is in this movie. <laughs> Rob Schneider had to make a fucking cameo. Like you just you just knew that Rob Schneider was going to make a cameo. He's, look, it's the Happy Madison crew. They're back together. Do they're, they're doing a Halloween movie. It was a fine movie to come on around Halloween. I think people will put it on maybe every Halloween. Hubie Halloween, fuck it. Make a Hubie uh, Hanukkah. Make that the next one. Maybe it will be. Number 40, this is the last movie that we're going to talk about before we uh, we head out for the this episode. Mulan. Disney Plus. A uh, lot of controversy around this movie during the production of it. Um, for some of the things that the actors said about Hong Kong. I'm not really going to get into that because I don't know enough about it. I know this movie is supposed to come out in theaters. It gets pushed back. Eventually releases on Disney Plus Premium, where you pay your monthly Disney Plus fee, then you pay $30 extra on top of that to watch the movie. Eventually it came out, I think, in December for just on Disney Plus. <sighs> okay. These Disney Plus live action movies have not nearly been as good as some of the uh, their their predecessors. They're animated, right? Lion King, not as good. Aladdin, probably not as good. I like Aladdin. Maybe Jungle Book might be the only one that's better than the original one. Last sip of the day for drink. <sighs> Mulan is not as good as the original Mulan. There's no singing in this movie. There's no Mushu in the movie. It, it misses that. Um, it introduces characters that are just kind of uh, wonky and kind of, you, know, you know, the movie, the animated movie kind of has like problematic themes where it's like a superior officer falls in love with... Um, Mulan's character right and that's kind of like problematic and the movie does a good job of kind of like dancing around that and doesn't allow that to actually be a thing but at the same time um, it kind of misses the the love interest type of thing I think you could change that around and people wouldn't have been too offended but um, decent action scenes I think the first part of the movie although it's slow um it is interesting, like the family dynamic and what's expected of you as a as a Chinese woman, and how Mulan's character doesn't want to be that. Um, and it's and it's powerful, but you know the action sequences don't really look as good as you kind of hope they would. And uh, I just I think the movie just doesn't have that meaningful punch to it, like I think the animated movie does. Which is unfortunate. So, um, we went through the, the the bottom. We we started off at number sixty seven. We made it to forty. We're over an hour here. I don't want to make this a three hour podcast, but we'll come back. We'll come back. Um, either Friday or Monday. I'm not entirely sure if I'm being real with you. Friday, I want to talk about Tiger, the HBO documentary, HBO Max documentary. Uh, I'm trying to find someone to to talk to me about that because I don't want to do a bunch of podcasts where I'm by myself because I'm going to do the second part of this podcast. Um, man, are we going to make this a, is this going to be three? I'm not going to make that. I'm going to have to get from 39 to one because I've changed my top 10. My top 10 is now a little bit different. I've rearranged some things since I did the top 10 list, but um, yeah, I, I uh, it's either going to be Friday or Monday. So stick with me. Uh, I want to hear your guys list. I want to see how many movies you saw. Did you see the movies that I mentioned? Maybe you're mad at me that I put I'm Thinking of Ending Things at number 45. Look, that movie's not good. Don't tell me it's good. 
but I would like to hear where you put it. That's it. That's it for this week's podcast or this episode's podcast of the first part of all the movies I saw in 2020. Love to hear what you guys have to think. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from. Rate and review us. Tell a friend. Check back all the other podcasts that we did. We did reviews for One Night in Miami, which is still have to get to on my list. We talked a little bit about WandaVision. Uh, I'm recording this on Friday, so I haven't even seen WandaVision yet, episode three. I'm going to check it out. By the time you listen to this podcast, you've probably already seen it. I've already seen it, but check it out. Subscribe. Like the podcast. Rate the podcast. Tell your friends about the podcast. We'll be back. We're going to talk about Tiger. We're going to talk about the rest of my movies in 2020. Talk about more movies. There's newer movies. I'm trying to put a bow on 2020 movies because uh, we got to get started into 2021 movies. Got to start getting to them. I've already started watching some of them. Thank you guys for listening. Hope this was entertaining with just me here. We'll see you on the next podcast.